the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you are with me on this chilly Tuesday morning here in the state of Oklahoma. If you're new to the program, we do this every weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country, breaking down everything Oklahoma State. Today is Tuesday, and there is a game this Saturday, which means we will listen to Mike Gundy audio today, break down what he had to say yesterday at his weekly press conference uh, as Oklahoma State prepares for Kansas this weekend. Uh, We're going to do that for the first two segments, and then the final segment of today's show, we're going to talk about Bryce Thomas. Thompson, as his commitment is expected to come later today. And we'll also talk uh, about the seeding for the NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament, where Oklahoma State landed in terms of the seeding and who they have in the first round of the tournament. So, a lot to get to on today's show. I need you to do a couple things for me. One, I need you to get on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. Need you to follow me. That's where you can tweet me, send me all your thoughts. Uh, sometimes I ask you all questions. Yesterday, I, I posed the question, can I record a a live event on ESPN plus. I didn't know, you know, when when the game's on my TV, if I can't watch it live, just record it, come back, watch it later. I didn't know if I could do that on ESPN plus. So Ryan replied to me on Twitter and said that you can watch it same day on replay, but you can't record it. So I went in, I I tried to see if it was only same day or if I could go back and watch the basketball game from Saturday, uh, just to see if it was available on my app. And I could not find it available, uh, yesterday afternoon, whenever I looked. So same day ESPN Plus. So sometimes I'll ask you questions. You can always ask me questions at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. And then also, while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe and rate this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. All right, we have a lot to get to and uh, not nearly enough time to get to it all. So let's go ahead and dive in and hear from Mike Gundy and what he had to say yesterday. And this is obviously a big storyline is Les Miles coming back to Stillwater. Les Miles was a huge part of the culture shift in Stillwater from a losing football program to one that really wanted to compete for conference championships. And Mike Gundy coached with Les Miles. Uh, Yeah, I know. Hard to remember all the way uh, that back in the early 2000s. But Mike Gundy and Les Miles were on the same staff. And Mike Gundy was asked about Les Miles coming back to town and kind of his relationship with Coach Miles. There is a question in the middle here. I left it in for context. Uh, So here's what Mike Gundy had to say when asked about Coach Miles. Well, Coach and I have uh, a lot of hours in in, in offensive meeting rooms, uh, particularly when he was a coordinator and I was a coordinator coach. I mean, the quarterback coach, and he was the coordinator. Well, we have a lot of time in there, and um, I have really good memories of offensive football with him. Um, we, he and I butted heads a lot, but in the end, we agreed. Uh, we came out on the same page. We supported each other, and um, we were good at it. We were good at moving the football together, and we had a good relationship. And, uh, you know, it was unique to, and a little bit unusual seeing him in, in Phoenix in May at the Big 12 meetings, but it was fun. It was good to see him and spend time with him. So uh, we have a lot of fond memories uh, in the offensive room. I talked to some former players about how, of course, when Coach Miles was here, they have the really long practices and everything. And then when you transitioned, you kind of cut that down, but still stuck with it a little. What was it like for you transitioning and taking over after you left? My style of offense was different than what it was with Coach when he was here. And even when he was the head coach and I was the coordinator, um, our approach was different. And so 
when we went through the transition, um, we, we cut back some on, on practices based on what we do. We ran a lot of different concepts down the field, um, played faster. So for us to be able to practice for three and a half hours is somewhat unrealistic. So we cut back considerably based on the style of play. A lot of good stuff there from Mike Gundy talking about his relationship with Coach Les Miles when, when Les was the OC and he was the quarterback coach and then obviously when he was the OC for Les Miles. And it's interesting the question there that was asked about the long practices under Les Miles. You know, he, he was kind of famous for that. And I, I totally understand what Mike Gundy's saying. When you run the spread offense, when you're running that much tempo and asking guys uh, to do all that and to run, you know, long plays and all that stuff, you, you just can't go as long. They're human. So – I'd be curious to know, you know, now we've got all these analytics and you can measure guys' heart rate throughout practice and the number of steps they take. I'd be curious to know, you know, and we would never be able to find this out, but back in the day, the number of steps, the distances that Les Miles guys were running and then Mike Gundy's guys were running, even once he shortened the practices, were they still getting as much work in physically despite being out there for less time? That would be something I'd kind of be interested in. Uh, I don't think there'd be any way to go back and dig that up, but that's just kind of something that I find interesting. Mike Gundy also announced today, uh, you know, Oklahoma State fans have been really hard on recruiting recently, and, and understandably so. Mike Gundy uh, and Oklahoma State, you could say over the last several years, ha have not had recruiting classes that, that rank where the production for this program is. You know, this program has become a perennial top 25 program, and the recruiting classes have not matched that. So uh, Mike Gundy announced yesterday that Todd Bradford has been named the director of recruiting. He was with Oklahoma State at one point. I'll let Mike Gundy get more into that. Uh, Mike Gundy was asked about kind of that decision and what went into bringing Todd Bradford onto the staff as director of recruiting, and here's what he had to say. Obviously, recruiting is important. Um, and uh, we need, uh, I, I felt like we needed somebody that had been on the road and recruited and, and coached. Um, it's so important to try to, to evaluate the very best we can. Uh, there's millions and millions and millions of dollars invested in NFL scouting for the, for the uh, draft, and they still make mistakes. So you can imagine what it's like at our level in trying to evaluate a 17, 18 year old uh, young man that you're trying to get information on, uh, not just football-wise, but all the other things that are important, particularly here in our culture. Todd's been on the road recruiting. He's been in a number of organizations. He's been successful. He's been reliable. He's a good evaluator. He knows almost every coach in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area in East Texas during his time when he was recruiting here. So I think he's a good addition for us. Uh, he's a tireless worker. He's very organized and he's very structured. Some good stuff there from Mike Gundy on the decision to bring in Todd Bradford as the director of recruiting. And you certainly hope that it helps Oklahoma State on the recruiting trail, an area where uh, most fans, I think, felt they could have done better over the past several years. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I'm Colby Powell. This is Locked on Pokes. On the other side, we'll hear more from Mike Gundy. Remember, we're doing Mike Gundy for two segments today, and in the final segment, we'll talk about the uh, upcoming Bryce Thompson commitment and, you know, should Oklahoma State be – Oklahoma State fans be optimistic, should they not? Uh, so we'll talk about that and the women's soccer bracket that was released yesterday. We'll talk about that in the final segment. But on the other side, we're going to hear Mike Gundy talk about his defense. He was asked about the pass rush, the safeties, the interior defensive linemen, what guys are doing well. Uh, we've got all that coming up from Mike Gundy. So make sure you stay with me here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me on this Tuesday morning. What is sure to be uh, either an incredibly exciting or an incredibly disappointing day for Cowboy fans as Bryce Thompson is set to make his commitment later on in the day. We'll get more into that in the next segment, but let's waste no further time before we dive back in to what Mike Gundy had to say yesterday. Oklahoma State's defense has been phenomenal now, two weeks in a row, forcing turnovers, making quarterbacks uncomfortable, and really coming up big and winning games for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Mike Gundy was asked several questions late in the press conference yesterday about his his defense and how well they've been playing. Uh, and the first one I want to hear from, he was asked about the pass rush. You know, the, the pass rush seems like it's been better. Like I said, quarterbacks have been uncomfortable the past couple weeks against Oklahoma State. Brock Purdy with the three fourth quarter interceptions. Uh, we saw how good he looked in Norman on Saturday night. He looked much more comfortable. Wasn't under near as much pressure. Last week, Max Dugan uh, in Max Duggan, Dugan, I think it's Duggan. Max Duggan in Stillwater uh, threw up a couple of deep balls because he was under pressure. Amen. Ogbong Bamiga was in his chest, and Colby Harvell Peel was waiting to pick those off on the back end. Jarek Bernard got one as well. So Mike Gundy was asked about the pass rush that his defense has been getting, and and he was asked, you know, how much is the calls coming in from the coach, and how much is just guys being better? Both. Um, their technique's been better. Um, schemes have been a little better at times based on what we're getting. And, and Jim's called good games. And I, I always uh, – I tell you guys after games, you know, I listen. And I'm no expert, but I can tell when, when games have been called good or games have been called average. And I used to call games, so I know that there's times guys don't call very good games. But he's done a good job. And um, our schemes are getting a little better, and we're getting a little more mature at that position and getting a little bit uh, of pressure. You got to be able to get some four-man pressure on quarterbacks in this league. So you're not using five and six-man pressure and vacating zones back there and playing man coverage. There's, there's a lot of wide receivers in this league that are uh, very capable of defeating man coverage. And there's guys on this team we're getting ready to play. So the three and four-man pressure that you see a lot in this league is better. It's been better on our team in the last few weeks. And that has to happen in us in order for us to have success. Mike Gundy there talking about the pass rush on the defensive side. And, and you know, it's interesting whenever you consider a four-man front versus a three-man front in the Big 12 Conference. Oklahoma State also obviously has gone with a lot more three-man front. And early in the season, it just didn't look like that was going to get the job done. It, it really didn't. Oklahoma State, uh, you know, against Texas didn't look great on that side of the ball. Against Oregon State in week one, Oklahoma State didn't look great on that side of the ball. And then they've got the big performance against Kansas State. And then, boom, another couple clunkers, uh, you know, Texas Tech, uh, Jet Duffy, Baylor with Charlie Brewer seemed comfortable the entire game. And then now back-to-back great performances with making quarterbacks really uncomfortable and doing a good job up front. So like Mike Gundy said, it's been better, needs to keep progressing, and we'll see how they look this Saturday against the Kansas Jayhawks. A position group that I've talked a ton about because I think they've been phenomenal and led by Colby Harvell Peel are those safeties on the back end. You know, Colby Harvell Peel, Trey Sterling has had a great season, as has Jarek Bernard, and even Tanner McAllister coming in last week against TCU did a really good job on the back end. So uh, Mike Gundy was asked about his safety what he thinks about that position group, and here's what he had to say. You know, we, we didn't have Trey in the last game, which was which was difficult for us. But um, you know, I think they're all coming together. You know, I, as Boone used to say, I hate to look in the sack. You know, uh, but I think we're making some um, 
good decisions. I think we're going through a little bit of a change defensively and kind of evolving uh, in, in areas that Jim and the staff feel comfortable with based on our personnel. And it just can't happen overnight. It, it takes time. And I think we're evolving and making some strides. As long as we continue to focus, work hard, do all the things that we talk about all the time and get a decent pass rush, it should give us a chance to have some success. So what interests me there is Mike Gundy being asked about his safeties and he talks about, you know, Trey Sterling and the defense evolving and all these things. And then at the end, he brings it back to the pass rush. The relationship between the secondary and the pass rush, it is a symbiotic relationship. One cannot exist without the other. The guys on the back end have to hold up long enough for the pass rush to get there. But the pass rush has to get there quick enough that the guys on the back end don't have to defend for six seconds because nobody can cover the, the type of talent that you have on the edge in this conference for six seconds. It's just not going to work that way. It doesn't work that way at any level of football. The pass rush and the secondary are totally dependent on one another. So the last couple of weeks, when, when quarterbacks have been made uncomfortable by the pass rush, what have they done? They've thrown the ball into some bad places. They've made bad decisions. And Oklahoma State's secondary, even those linebackers with Malcolm and Amen doing a great job, they have made opponents pay for their mistakes. And that's what you like to see from Oklahoma State's defense. Uh, Mike Gundy was then asked about the interior defensive line for Oklahoma State, which was a huge area of concern coming into the season with all the production that Oklahoma State lost up front on the defensive side of the ball. And a, a lot of times on the defensive line, and this was – posed this way in the question to Mike Gundy, you can't exactly tell just a naked eye watching the game how well those guys are playing because sometimes they're just out there to eat up space and what they do does not show up in the box score. So Mike Gundy was asked about who's playing well on his interior defensive line and here's what he had to say. You know, we're getting good play um, from Israel. Um, we're, we're getting shared good play from our ends. You know, the guys that play out in the wise 89s making some plays. Um, so what you're saying is correct because unless they're a, a, an outside pass rusher, you really don't know because at times they get double teamed, their gap control, they're just trying to hold their gap. So they might do, they might execute their job perfect and not even get to tackle. What they're doing as a group is starting to improve a little bit. Cam Murray getting, to, getting a little bit better. The exciting thing for me is, is everybody's back. So, so they ought to really improve over the next month and even into off season and, and next year. Um, as I said earlier, a lot of it can't happen overnight, but their play now, Scott, is much different than it was when we went to Oregon State, which is a good thing. It is absolutely a good thing that they look better than they did against Oregon State, which was a bit worrisome. That game made it look like overs were going to be profitable all year for Oklahoma State, which actually has not been the case. Uh, you know, he mentioned several guys, Israel Antoine, Cam Murray, 89, which, of course, is Tyler Lacey back on the field. And he mentioned some of those guys getting healthy and getting back on the field, which is huge for Oklahoma State. Uh, so hopefully that, that the interior of that defensive line continues to improve because if Oklahoma State really can do a good job of stopping and slowing down the running game of opponents with the three down front, then that just frees you up to do so many other things. And obviously with the defensive line being so young, a lot of those guys will be back. Hopefully you get Calvin Bundage back next year, uh, who's a big part of your pass rush. You got the three sophomore safeties. So Oklahoma State will have a lot of returning production. And even in these last three games of the season, these guys getting more and more experience. I think it's 
reasonable and realistic to expect better and better production out of those guys. So uh, good stuff yesterday from Mike Gundy as the Cowboys prepare for the Kansas Jayhawks this Saturday. Need to take a final break here. Before I do, want to remind you about Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. They are number one, and Locked On is number one. The Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. I'm Colby Powell here on Locked On Pokes. Glad you're with me. We take a break. We will come back. And then we will talk about two very important things in Oklahoma State Athletics. One, the upcoming commitment of Bryce Thompson. Will he join Cade Cunningham and Rondell Walker in Stillwater, or will he elect to go to Lawrence or Norman? We should find that out later today. Also, we will uh, take a look at the bracket which was released yesterday for the NCAA Women's Soccer Championship. It's all coming up next right here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Pokes. Colby Powell wrapping things up here on a Tuesday. All right, let's dive right back in because uh, I want to hit a couple things before we get out of here. Let's start with the Women's Soccer NCAA Championship. Uh, huge news yesterday for Oklahoma State as the Cowgirls were announced as a number three national seed and they will be hosting uh, in the opening round of the NCAA Soccer Women's Championship. Friday Night Lights at Neil Patterson Stadium. Weather's supposed to be great. It's an 11 a.m. kick on Saturday morning for Oklahoma State and Kansas. So if you can, get up to support the Cowgirls Friday night uh, and then just crash in Stillwater. Wake up Saturday, go to the football game. Again, that game's at Neil Patterson Stadium, 7 o'clock on Friday against South Dakota State. Uh, so if you're wondering how the, the Women's Soccer National Championship works, if you know how the basketball and March Madness works, you know how the soccer works. You, you get seated. The only difference is hosting. That's the only difference. Other than that, there's 64 teams. It's single elimination, which means a couple things. It means, one, Oklahoma State has a real chance to make a run in single elimination. Anything can happen. It also means that in soccer, where one goal can be the difference between winning and losing, you, you, could get, you could be a huge favorite in the first game and get bounced in the first round much easier than probably in basketball because there are so few goals there to be scored. So uh, Oklahoma State will face South Dakota State in round one, and then they get the winner of Santa Clara and California in the second round. A lot of familiar names on, uh, on Oklahoma State's region here. Texas A&M and Texas play in the first round. That's in this region. Texas Tech is in this region. So uh, Oklahoma State certainly has their work cut out for them, but very exciting for the Cowgirls to be a national seed and be hosting in round one Friday night against South Dakota State. All right. The other thing we need to get to before we get out of here is the upcoming announcement of Bryce Thompson. Uh, I know I got this podcast out early this morning. I've got other things going on today, so I couldn't wait until later in the day to record, uh, but that's fine. I'll, I'll break it all down tomorrow. The announcement is coming up today at 10 o'clock local time here, central time. Uh, it's going to be streamed on CBS Sports headquarters, and if you want to find the link for that, you can find the link on Bryce Thompson's Twitter. He retweeted uh, CBS Sports HQ and the link for all that, so... It's coming down to his final four schools, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, North Carolina, 
and Kansas. Now, he was in Stillwater last week for the opening game against ORU. He was in Kansas this past Saturday. He was in Lawrence at that game. If you go to his Twitter, you can see over the last week plus, he's been tweeting about both Oklahoma State and about Kansas. A lot of the experts think that Oklahoma still has a great chance to land Bryce Thompson, uh, look, I, I don't have inside sources. I don't know where Bryce Thompson is going. I do think there's some reason for Cowboy fans to be optimistic, especially with the uh, the landing of Cade Cunningham. That could certainly entice, I, I think, Bryce Thompson to come to Oklahoma State and try to put something special together in Stillwater. Uh, again, I don't have sources. I, I don't have anybody on the inside. I, I have heard... And, and this is going to sound terrible, and this is why I'm not reporting anything. I've heard from a friend of a friend that Oklahoma State is very much in the forefront of Bryce Thompson's thinking. Uh, now, look, nobody knows exactly what Bryce Thompson's going to do. I think he's still putting the finishing touches on making up his mind, and I think that's evidenced by the fact that he's hosting both Bill Self and Mike Boynton uh, for in-home visits just a day before he makes his commitment. So, We'll see what he elects to do later on today. I I am jacked up for this uh, announcement. If he commits to Oklahoma State, this will be the best recruiting class the Oklahoma State Cowboys have ever had. And regardless of how long you think these guys are going to be there, if you think Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one pick in 2021, whatever you think it may be, it will be incredibly exciting and it will be huge for Mike Boynton moving forward if he's able to get another five-star guy and get this big of a class. Not only that, but keep Bryce Thompson in state. You know, keep him from going to Kansas. Keep him from going to North Carolina. He's a Tulsa product. He's a Booker T. Washington product. So hopefully he makes his way to Stillwater. I'm eager to find out here in just a few hours uh, where Bryce Thompson winds up. So glad that everyone was with me today. Great Tuesday show. Uh, We got through the bye week. We're back to Mike Gundy. Tomorrow we'll be talking numbers for Oklahoma State and Kansas. We'll also be talking Bryce Thompson, either excitement or disappointment, uh, depending on his announcement later on today tweet me all your thoughts at colby j powell at locked on pokes thank you for listening i'm out of here thanks for listening to locked on pokes part of the locked on podcast network your team every day